0: going on everyone this is the 100 yards away podcast I am your host Jonathan Fernandez and right now I'd like to get into some news regarding the 2017 first round draft picks it's an off-season move that's made every year when whether teams will decline or exercise their um, first round picks from three years prior and a, a lot is swayed both ways many teams have picked up the options on these players for the fifth year and others have declined it. Um, I wanna get into specific numbers right now. Right here I have 18 of, of the 32 picks in the 2017 first round draft were picked up, Um, highlighted by familiar names as you'll um, mentioned right now. Christian McCaffrey, of course, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, Jamal Adams, TJ Watt, and Tredavious White. Very special about those guys. Those guys have been first team all pro within the first few years, which is a very impressive resume thus far. You know, it's no question, you know, those guys are among the very best at their position at such a young age and who haven't even reached their prime yet. So, um, so yeah, that's very good for those guys. You know, they plan to be with the team long term. Some of of course, as you know, Christian McCaffrey became the highest paid running back in NFL history within the last couple of weeks. You know, the Panthers want to keep him long term, and I suspect that um, the other four guys mentioned already will have long-term contracts with their current teams going forward so very excited for those guys a few other names that i cannot forget number one over pick of the 2017 draft miles garrett a guy that hasn't really blown up in the scene if you will hasn't made a whole lot of noise a whole lot of impact but a guy that has produced well enough and a guy who still has a whole lot of potential ahead of him i believe he has a very good chance of reaching his his ceiling going forward hopefully within the next two years and the cleveland Browns definitely need him to step up and be that anchor on the defense that they um were hoping for when they had drafted him uh deshaun watson of course you know they've, three years ago the houston texans had traded up actually in the first round in the 2017 draft to draft this man as their franchise quarterback going forward so they definitely have the quarterback of the future um just sean watson he's a spectacular player you know he's great in the passing you great in the passing game obviously he can make plays with his feet and extend plays and also get some yards rushing when the play when the play breaks up so very talented guy as well and an underrated wide receiver that doesn't get as much credit as i believe he deserves mike williams arguably the number two wide receiver in the los angeles chargers um, on the opposite side of Keenan Allen he's produced very well you know Philip Rivers has enjoyed throwing him the ball he can go up and make some great contested catches he's a he's a reliable wide receiver so I respect that and then on the flip side we also have 14 declined options it's crazy 14 nearly half of the first round picks in the 2017 draft their options had been declined including five of the top 10 drafts in 2017 that's even more alarming these are guys that were expected to be among the very best in their draft class and hall of fame potential i mean let's just face it when you're drafting in the top 10 out of 250 plus players in one draft there's expectation you could make a great impact for many years to come and potentially make a case for the hall of fame with a great resume but for these five draft picks it's not looking so much so um, I'm going to begin with the number two overall pick, Mitchell Trubisky. Of course, the Bears are Ryan Pace, the General Manager, knocking himself in the head, of, although he won't necessarily admit it publicly. But if you could go back in time, I'm very sure this man would have drafted the likes of either Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, whichever one would have been there with the number three pick at the time. Because remember, they trade up one spot to drop Mitchell Trubisky. So yeah, look to look at this man's stats, um, in about... Averaging, last year is about averaging 14 games, 2,851 passing yards, 16 touchdowns to 10 interceptions with a 63.4 completion percentage and a quarterback rating of 85.8. I mean, with those numbers, they're not, they're not bad. Obviously, they're not great either. You know, he hasn't been a guy that can put the team on his back when they're facing adversity. He's not the guy that can, is going to consistently give you 300 plus yards or two or three touchdowns a game like you would expect from a franchise quarterback and especially in today's NFL where the rules significantly um benefit the the quarterbacks in the receiving or in the passing game for that matter, not just quarterbacks, but he hasn't made a lot of noise, he certainly hasn't, he hasn't put up big numbers or had as big of an impact as his other quarterback mates, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, so and it may be this may be his last season with the Bears if they decide not to trade him or release him. Remember, they did bring in Nick Foles via trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we know what Nick Foles is capable of when he's at his best. He is this man is a Super Bowl champion could put the team on his back. The pressure pressure situations do not phase him. But I expect Nick Foles to take that starting position, barring anything crazy, barring any unforeseen injuries, or anything out of the ordinary. Um, as for the number three overall pick, Solomon Thomas of the San Francisco 49ers. Numbers I have here on on this young man: a 93 total tackles, six sacks, no forced fumbles, and only one fumble recovery in three seasons. He has played 46 out of 48 games, and he has been a mostly a rotational player, um, in certain uh, pass rushing situations, I believe obviously, you know, he's been playing behind, in my opinion, at this point, the best, even with the departure of DeForest Buckner, the best defensive line in football, led by Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and D. Ford, you know, and, and, you know, he just hasn't, he hasn't produced in the way that San Francisco expected him to produce when they drafted this man, you know, he was regarded as a highly As a high prospect that was expected to make a great impact, he's he's just been an okay player at best. So there wasn't a need to pick up this guy's fifth year option, especially when they'd be paying him a whole lot of money. San Francisco can more than afford to lose this guy. You know they won't have a problem if going forward without this man. They they did draft another defensive tackle in the first round, just a couple weeks ago or week and a half ago, excuse me, in the twenty twenty draft, Javon Javon Kinlaw. Um, He may be the potential starter to replace DeForest Buckner as opposed to Solomon Thomas, but I expect Solomon Thomas to get a good amount of snaps and as he has the last three years. Um, Now going into the fourth overall pick of the 2017 draft, Mr. Leonard Fournette, running back out of LSU. You know, over a 1,000 rushing yards in his rookie year as well as 2019. He's gathered in 19 total touchdowns in three years. Um, you Remember this guy back in the 2015 college football season? He made a huge name for himself, Um, became a Heisman Trophy candidate. You know, he was just bulldozing through defenses. It felt like at some point no one could stop him. There was even a small comparisons of Bo Jackson with, with, you know, Leonard Fournette's running ability, big power back who can just plow through guys and with incredible speed obviously had, this man had superstar written all over him you know we were anticipating that he'd do the same or have a similar impact a very similar impact in the nfl but unfortunately he's just he certainly has not lived up to what his p- high, uh, highest potential is there's been questions about his work ethic could, could to be specific you know there's been reports that he has been consistently late doesn't work very hard and he's even slept through meetings has been woken up in the middle of team meetings now obviously that is very alarming regardless of any position those are those are the type of scenarios where you can easily get kicked off a team if you're if a team hasn't invested a whole lot of in you Uh, i guarantee if this man was a fifth round pick he would have been out there doing jacksonville a long time ago um so it's pretty it's pretty alarming and disappointing out of outside of the politics of course if you're just speaking from from a NFL fans perspective um I mean, it's I don't know I don't know what to say beyond that with him. I I mean, he definitely has the potential, more than enough potential to be one of the dominant running backs in the in the league, and he just hasn't lived up to that. Injuries haven't played much a part in that. I know he was hurt in his sophomore year in twenty eighteen, but you know when this guy has at his best, you've seen what he he's done to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the past, and a, a couple of other teams. When this guy can, when this guy really wants to give it to a defense he really can but we'll see where he goes with that we'll see if he remains a jacksonville jaguar in the future there's been reports that they might end up training this man i wouldn't want him in my locker room if i'm a general manager with all these negative reviews on him but that's neither here or there neither here or there so we'll see where where that scenario goes or that situation goes number five overall pick by the tennessee titans in the 2017 draft was Corey davis wide receiver um he's averaged about 47 catches in the last three years well excuse me he's accumulated 47 total catches has averaged 622 receiving yards and two touchdowns in the last three years of course you know he's not that those are not what number one wide receiver type numbers and those definitely not numbers you would expect from the fifth overall pick maybe a fifth round draft pick but not the fifth overall pick in the draft I think he's going to be playing his last year in Tennessee. Um, it's just been disappointing. I know quarterback situation hasn't been the best in Tennessee. Marcus Mariota being... Bringing her as a starter and him not being a very good passer to begin with. I know they brought in Ryan Tannehill, who did a an exceptional job at the quarterback position last year, but Corey Davis still hasn't been able to produce big numbers or scan defenses. You know, when you're going when you're preparing for the Tennessee Titans offense as a defense, you don't necessarily have to account for Corey Davis as much as you would a Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, the likes of those top wide receivers that are in the game today. Um, and the last uh, top ten pick to have his option declined, the ninth overall pick in the draft, wide receiver John Ross, the third. If you recall, this guy ran a record four point two two forty yard dash in the twenty seventeen NFL Combine. Those type of numbers right there, especially when you're a right, wide uh, wide receiver, excuse me, that is going to drastically raise your draft stock, and that certainly had an impact in his draft stock. Cincinnati traded, excuse me, Cincinnati drafted this man, like I said, ninth, ninth overall pick, but he hasn't produced much. If you call, he only played 3 games in 2017, accumulated no catches at all in his rookie year, and over the last 2 years, he's played 21 games, averaging about 24-25 catches for 358 yards and 5 touchdowns the last the last 2 years, now, again, not more so pedestrian numbers more or less you know he hasn't he hasn't complimented Aj green the way that cincinnati would have hoped he would have when they drafted him three years ago and i think he's gonna be playing his last year in, in cincinnati as well assuming he has an absolute breakout year but that is yet to be seen so basically that is that is the top 10 obviously there's men there's several other picks there's about nine other picks in late in the first round that was options been declined but it's been pretty much just as much a, a disappointing draft first round draft as it was as it has been an exciting one but we'll see what those players do going forward and let's see if they could really rise their um their market value and hopefully get that big contract that every player desires to get now, going into the second segment, um, I want to talk about Mr. Andy Dalton. Of course, a few days ago, he got released by the Cincinnati Bengals. No surprise there. They went with number one overall pick Joe Burrow as their future going forward and claim, hope to make him the face of the franchise going forward. So there was, wasn't much of a need to have Andy Dalton on the roster any longer. He signed a one-year contract up to $7 million, $3 million guaranteed with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I do like this move, by the Cowboys, not to delve too deep into what the Cowboys did here, but let's just say for the sake of it that things go very left with Dak Prescott and his and the contract negotiations. Negotiations and he decides not to report. They have a good insurance backup in Andy Dalton. He he is at this point easily without question one of the best backups in the NFL. I still think he's good enough to be a starter, but that's but that's a different story. So they have a nice move by the Cowboys, you know. Andy Dalton. Um, I don't think he's gotten enough credit in his NFL career. I'm not very high on him. He's certainly not a, a franchise type of quarterback that could put the team on his back. He's not a top five quarterback by any means, but he has he he's had overall more success than downfalls in my career. You know, in, in my opinion, excuse me. He's average. This means over the last nine years with the. Cincinnati Bengals has averaged three thousand five hundred ten yards nearly twenty three touchdowns to and thirteen interceptions and a sixty two completion percentage with twenty two total rushing touchdowns in nine seasons the this first five years he's led the Bengals to five consecutive playoff berths with two division title wins, of course, you know obviously we know the Bengals haven 't won a playoff game in about thirty years or so, so they weren't able to crack that that barrier in in Andy Dalton's tenure there with the Bengals, but he had made them relevant those first five years when otherwise they were just a complete afterthought. Um, you know, Bengals have had several other issues on that team that Andy Dalton could not control, but he did do his thing, you know, for a guy that was an early second round pick coming out of the 2011 draft. I mean, these numbers and those statistics aren't bad. So, you know, so he's he's made a name for himself. I I respect Andy Dalton in that sense. I do. All right, so now on to the next topic. Now, Mr. Brett Favre, of course, we all know, first off, you all, all know Aaron Rodgers and the situation with the Packers and them drafting Jordan Love with the 26th overall pick as their first round pick in the 2020 draft has caused some. Noise, some buzz in Green Bay, and and people wondering what will, what is Aaron Rodgers thinking? You know, will Aaron Rodgers even be playing for the Packers come 2020? Or if he does, how many more years does he have before he eventually leaves Green Bay and finishes his, his career elsewhere? But we got thankfully Brett Favre's opinion, whose opinion ver- matters very much in this. He was in the same, very much the same scenario about 15 years ago when Aaron Rodgers got drafted to potentially replace Brett Favre. But one of quotes one of the quotes I want to quote on Brett Favre when asked about the situation, he said and I quote, I was very surprised. Actually, I was more surprised than when Aaron was drafted in my situation way back when. There were several plays away from the Super Bowl. To me it sends a message to Aaron, we're preparing for our future first and deal with our present after um i can't argue with that you know obviously when you the packers were one of the best teams last season they were 13 win team to remind you and i'd say they were i'd say they were more than several plays away from the super bowl they got beat up pretty well if, if we're gonna be honest i watched the entire that entire game they got pretty beat up pretty badly but i felt like they were a, a couple one or maybe even two viable wide receivers away from being able to compete with the other dogs in the NFC specifically and especially San Francisco who has arguably the best defense in the NFL today but this move definitely speaks more volumes to what the Packers plan on doing in the future without Aaron Rodgers as they as what they're willing to do in the present time and maybe the next couple years with Aaron Rodgers but that's something that um, the front office for the for Green Bay is going to have to address going forward. Of course, we're going to be hearing from them in the near future as well as Aaron Rodgers. So that may be a little spicy, in in and of itself. And I'm looking forward to what they say when the mic is put in front of their face during a press conference. Um, Favre, Brett Favre also did mention Green Bay that they sent. I'm, I'm not quoting them here, but he mentioned Green Bay basically sent a disrespectful message to Aaron Rodgers by not drafting any weapons that can help the offense out immediately. And I'm assuming he's talking about wide receivers, of course, as we know, we, they did not draft any wide receivers. They did draft a tight end in the middle rounds. Um. Uh, disrespectful. I don't know if I'd put it disrespectful. Obviously, that's not their intent. When they drafted how they drafted, you know, their intent wasn't to disrespect anybody or Aaron Rodgers. They just had different plans. Now, obviously, some may be questionable. You can look at it both ways, how it affects them well or how it affects them negatively, negatively. But as for being disrespectful, I don't think that plays any part in this. The Packers had a plan. Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, had a plan. Maybe Matt LaFleur himself had a certain plan about what the Packers want to do. Within the next few years and in the future, but but that's just basically how I see it. You know, they have a plan and they're going to stick to it, and then they're going to see how it how that plays out going forward. And now Brett Favre, in his own thoughts, believes Aaron Rodgers will finish his career elsewhere, and it's pretty safe to say, of course, and that they, meaning Green Bay, burned a bridge that is going to be hard to overcome. Um, and to cap this part off of the conversation, Brett Favre had this to say about Aaron Rodgers uh, mentoring Jordan Love, and I quote here, it's not his job to mentor Jordan Love. This discussion went on when I left Green Bay. It's not the head guy's job to mentor the next guy. That guy is ultimately there to take your spot. And he is absolutely right. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't take a second out of his time to help out Jordan Love and his progression as a quarterback and what he needs to learn, I don't blame the man one bit, ultimately Jordan Love, let's just face it, he doesn't care over much about what Aaron Rodgers does, with the exception that he may want him to not play so well so that will speed up his his potential time to be a starter for the Green Bay Packers. Um not not that's not to say he's a bad guy for thinking that way, but of course when you when you come into the league you want to be the starter right away, regardless of what position you are. And Aaron Rodgers it's his duty and his job to not just show Green Bay that he's by far the best um, quarterback to be playing for this team, but once he eventually leaves and I do, it will show. It will provide a uh, he'll provide nice um, film and nice, uh, a show basically showcase the talents that he still has going into his late thirties and that he can be a championship quarterback that can help immediately help any team out, especially a team that's ready to compete for a championship. So I advise Aaron Rodgers to take all of his time to perfecting his craft. And to use that anger and that feel to shred through any defense that comes his way week after week. And it, that would only do good for him. Aaron Rodgers could only control the controllables. That's my advice to him. Don't worry Don't worry so much about what the Packers have done to you. Because the more you do that, the more you'll fall off. And the more that will take your focus off what you really need to do. And that's be prepared every single week day, every single week, week in and week out. for To play on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays. And all the defenses that are planning to stop you at all costs. So that's my elaborate, That's my take on there. Um, some little, some interesting news here with the NFL schedule. Typically, they they always come out a week before the NFL draft. So normally they would have been out about two weeks by now, but the NFL has announced that later on this week they will release the NFL the NFL schedule. Excuse me. I think I said NFL draft, I meant NFL schedule. Um, so I'm very eager to know what games will be played. Of course, at the end of every regular season, we know the team's opponents come 2020, but we don't know what day they will be playing, what week they will be playing, and what time they, the teams will be playing each other. But I just have about, about 9 or 10 uh, matchups that I'm very intrigued about. I want to start naming them, and then I'll elaborate a little bit. Bucks and Saints is the first one that came to mind, of course. Tom Brady and that offense against Drew Brees, and that offense, you know, both teams are expected to be two of the best teams in the NFL. I believe they will. Both teams have a solid defense as well. They have a well-rounded team, and both are ready to compete for a championship. Regardless of what anybody thinks of Tom Brady's age, or how the Buccaneers played last year. They played pretty well despite the circumstances, all the turnovers that they got from the quarterback's position. That was by far their number one uh, season killer last year was the quarterback with the ridiculous amount of turnovers Jameis Winston had. I believe he had forty. Excuse me, 35 turnovers total. I mean, hey, Tom Brady's not going to turn over the ball that much. So, you know, that that's definitely going to help him out a lot um bucks and the chiefs you know tom brady versus patrick mahomes that's going to be an interesting one you know, the young the young gun versus the uh, the old veteran that should be an interesting matchup as well uh the chiefs and the ravens of course the top two teams in the afc last year everybody will be excited about what will what many people are saying will be the the quarterback duel to watch out for the most in in the going in, in the future between lamar jackson and patrick mahomes you know, could this quarterback duel be the best the NFL has had since Tom Brady, Peyton Manning? I mean, it could be. I don't think it will be as great, but could it be the best since? Definitely a lot of potential there, especially with two te- both, both of those teams in the same division. And those teams could play each other year after year, considering how great they are and considering that they're the favorite, they'll be the favorite going forward to win the division almost every year. So that'll be interesting as well. The Ravens, Baltimore Ravens and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm very intrigued about those two offenses facing each other. And, you know, considering the fact that they face each other just once every four years it makes it more interesting. You know, Carson once against Lamar Jackson. I can see both teams lighting the scoreboard up whenever that game is. And that game will be in Philadelphia, I believe. 49ers and Saints, of course, that was arguably the game of the year last year in the regular season. A very high-scoring game between the two. Back and forth, back and forth. That has been potential to to be the same scenario again where both teams absolutely shred the opposing defense. So I'm looking forward to that. The New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers. You know, we've seen several duels in the past between Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, and they've all been always been good matchups against those two teams i don't expect that to be anything any different come 2020 green bay and the 49ers we're interested to see what green bay does and if they are able to get their revenge come 2020 against the san francisco 49ers of course we know the 49ers beat them twice last year including the nfc championship game beat them pretty well both games so i know green bay is very hungry to get their revenge and very motivated to show the world that they can um they can beat the beast the top dog in the NFC and then the last two but not least you know my favorite team is the Colt my favorite team the Colts will be facing off against the Baltimore excuse me yes the Baltimore Ravens so I'm looking forward to see what we do against the top dog in the AFC last year in terms of record um I believe the Colts are ready to compete for a championship. I know it sounds like a bold statement cons- co- because considering how they did last year and how disappointing it was for them, but a huge part of that were, were the quarterback position and I hate to say it, the kicker position. Hopefully those if those two can show up very well and become much better come 2020 than they were compared to 2019. We will be in a much better position to succeed. We have a, one of the talent, most talented rosters in the NFL on offense and defense. And so if we can really get those two positions fixed, kicker and quarterback, then the Colts will be in a very good position to compete with the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs and the AFC. And Colts and Packers. So we we only face those guys once every four years. That game will also be in Indianapolis. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to see what the Colts defense will do against Aaron Rodgers. And his motivated self. I'm looking to see what you know the matchup quarterback do between Phillip Rivers and Aaron Rodgers as they only face each other once every few years as well. So that's always interesting. I believe the Colts I believe the Colts can get the job done and stop Aaron Rodgers, especially in their home turf. And I'm just I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm pumped. That's that gets me excited right there. So there you have it. And lastly, I wanna so, you know, you know uh, rest in peace to Mr. Don Shula. Of course, earlier today, the man passed away at age 90. He was one of the best head coaches of all time. He was the head coach of the Baltimore Colts and won a lot of games with them, was very successful before for seven seasons. He coached them, had a very successful career with them, co- coaching them before he came, before he became the head coach of the Miami Dolphins for the next 26 seasons. And of course, we all know, the infamous nineteen seventy-two Miami Dolphins, who went fourteen and zero, who are the only undefeated team in the in NFL history. Obviously, they're regarded as arguably the best uh, team of all time, and they may be. You know, he's done a phenomenal job. He has the most wins of all time, three hundred forty-seven, and that that is including uh, postseason wins. He was the nineteen seventy All Decades team on the nineteen seventy All Decades team for for a head coach uh he was the four-time coach of the year and he was part of the 100th anniversary team that the nfl nfl um promoted back in the 2019 season of course you know he's one of the very best of the best he's coached some of the best you know quarterbacks. so most notably dan marino and johnny unitas if i'm not mistaken um It may not have been Johnny Nice, I might be wrong on that, but I believe so. But yeah, he's, you know, one of the best of all time, very successful career, and he'll do things that no other NFL coach has, he's done a lot of great things no other NFL coach has ever done, and yeah, just rest in peace to the man, you know, you know, he was a legend and uh, he'll never be forgotten, Pro Football Hall of Fame 1997, so hey, he's enshrined in the football universe forever, so. Rest in peace, Don Shula. God bless you. And that is the episode. uh, That is episode, I believe, 12 of the 100 Yards Away podcast. Stay tuned. I will come out with a new episode every Monday through Friday. So stay tuned, guys. You know, have some more elaboration for you, and I hope you stay tuned. hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks. Peace.